Rob David, formerly of One Voice, and you are listening to the Rock and Praise Show. Get in touch with God. Turn your radio on. Come and listen in to a radio station where the mighty host of the heavens sing. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. If you want to hear those good vibrations coming from the joy that His love can bring, turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. And listen to the music in the air. Turn your radio on. And glory share And listen to the master's radio Get in touch with God Turn your radio on Don't you know that everybody is a radio receiver All you gotta do is listen for the call Turn your radio on Turn your radio on if you listen in, you will be a believer Leaning on the truth that will never fall Get in touch with God Turn your radio on Turn your radio on And listen to the music in the air Turn your radio on And glory share Turn your lights down blue Listen to the master's radio. Get in touch with God. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. And listen to the music in the air. Turn your radio on. And glory share. And listen to the master's radio. Turn your lights down low and listen to the master's radio. Touch with God. Turn your radio Hey, what's up, everybody? This is your friend Josh, and you're tuned into the Rock and Praise Show. Hey, we've got a great show lined up for you tonight. Great mix of music, and a very big thank you to our new friends, Weapons of God. They took time out of their day last week to speak with us, and we're going to bring you that interview coming up right now. And be sure after the interview to turn up those computer speakers because for the first half of the Rock and Praise Show, we are putting the rock into the Rock and Praise Show. So here it is now, my interview with the band members of Weapons of God, right here on the Rock and Praise Show. Hey, Josh. Hey. Oh, y'all must be Weapons of God. Hello. How are you? Well, uh, as an old NCO of mine used to say, I'm better than some and not as fortunate as others. So... Um, thank you guys, first of all, for uh, taking time out of your day and out of your practice to talk with me uh, for this little podcast that we do here called The Rock and Praise Show. And um, I will let you know that I'm in the process of trying to figure out, because I'm a Windows guy, and apparently I can only download the digital copy of your CD um, th 
through iTunes, so I'm trying to trying to figure out that part of it. But uh, by the end of the night, I will have a digital copy of the entire album, which I'm super excited about. Awesome. And um, so I've been browsing around your website a little bit. I was reading a little bit around the bio, and y'all have been around for quite a while and gone through a lot of changes. But without going through the uh, the entire bio, give me a quick, just a quick, uh, how did how did Weapons of God come to be? Um, I actually, it actually started with uh, myself and a couple of guys. In the beginning, we started off in my basement at the time. It's called Dreams of Serenity. Is this Steve? Yeah, oh, yes, I'm sorry. Yes, okay. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> and it started off good, but then after a while, things kind of fell apart. And the only two that was left at the time was uh, myself and uh, Billy Gentry. So we just started doing home recordings and try to put some songs together. And I started writing a song called Weapons of God, which is on the CD. And um, I thought this would be such a better name for the band than Dreams of Serenity. So that's where, at that time, the name of the band took place, which is after the Weapons of God song. So what was your inspiration behind the song Weapons of God? Um, the armor of God, you know, just, you know, the shield of faith and the having your feet ready and the helmet of salvation. It just, that whole song was just based around the armor of God that we need to have our armor on and be ready for anything that, you know, the attack of the enemy. You know, that's, it's so very important to know what your armor is and how to use it. And that can all be found in Ephesians six. Um, it's actually one of my favorite uh, passages in the Bible, and in fact, um, I had the option—I had the not the option, but I had the privilege a couple years ago, well, about eleven years ago now, um, to preach a sermon uh, centered around Ephesians six. So, I—you can imagine my excitement when uh, Rochelle reached out and was like, "Hey, you know, um, I'm with a group called Weapons of God," and I was just like, "Yes, so much yes right now." So, uh, got excited even before I heard the music, which, by the way, the music is great. Um, you, you all have sent me two tracks. Um, tell me a little bit about Ghost. Uh, Steve again. Uh, Ghost, uh, I wrote Ghost basically around my, uh, my past. Uh, at one time, I was, uh, I used to ghost hunt. And... All my experience I have with the ghost hunting, um, it's real, it's out there. And, you know, at one time I believed that, you know, the ghosts were, like, left behind ancestors or children or whatever it would be. But then when I got, well, you know, I was raised in church, but, I, you know, I got out of church for a while. But then I got back into church and everything else again after my ghost experiencing. And, and I realized that that was not so much true that there was just nothing but pure evilness. And um, so I wrote the song Ghost 
based on that testimony and that, you know, the whole time I was ghost hunting and looking for ghosts and having an understanding, I should have been looking for the Holy Spirit instead. You, know, you and I share something in common, and that is the interest in the paranormal. And uh, like you, I had given in for many years to the popular theories of, you know, these are souls that aren't ready to move on, that they're trapped here for unfinished business, you know, right. whatever the common explaining was. And as I grew, like yourself, in faith and in understanding, I realized that these, there are no trapped souls, but that these are demons masquerading uh, so that we will give them attention and power. Absolutely. Um, so, one of my favorite tracks uh, out of the two that you've sent me and that we've featured quite often on the Rock and Pray show since you all have sent us this music is Heaven Can't Wait. Give me the behind the the song on that. What what was the what's the inspiration? What's the story behind it? Um, this is Leon. The uh, lyric, Steve wrote the lyrics. Um, I joined the band uh, after a lot of these songs on the CD were already written, but um, he basically told me to pick what songs I I wanted to sing on, and that was the first one that I picked that I wanted to sing on. Um, the song to me is about kind of about the uh, the chaos of the world and the things that you get caught up in and always putting um, your relationship with God off uh, the way many people do and think, well, I'll, I'll have time for that later. Right now, I want to live, you know, my life, my way, that kind of thing. Um, and really, uh, you know, the, the chorus, obviously, Heaven Can't Wait, um, is saying, you know, you, you're not guaranteed any, any uh, amount of time, and you can't wait, you know, until the 11th hour as they say, to uh, to get right with God. Um, there's so much going on, so many signs of the end times that are happening around us now that, you know, I, I come from a, a position of believing that, you know, time is short um, and that uh, we're going to, it may not happen in my life, but I like to think that it will, um, that I don't necessarily, uh, I hope that I don't go out of here by the grave, if you know what I'm saying. Right. So uh, that's kind of what it, it is to me that, you know, we, you can get caught up in all the, the misery and things around you um, pretty easily and end up focusing on that instead of turning your, your eyes and your heart to God um, and focusing on, on heaven and the reward to come. So that's... That's basically what it means to me. Steve's kind of shaking his head, so I think it's kind of the, kind of along the same lines. So, you know, that seems to be the great one of the many great deceptions that Satan uses is that you know you you've got plenty of time. You know, you're going to live to be 80, 90 years old. So have fun now and and repent later. And you're exactly right. Life is short, and you know it can end for any one of us in the blink of an eye. And so it's not something to be taken for granted. Yeah, I totally agree. Now, as you all know, uh, probably by the name of the podcast that I host, The Rock and Pray Show, I love Christian rock music. Uh, and it wasn't always that way, but uh, I've got a rocker spirit, or I like to think so. So 
I would like to ask you all, who are some of your musical influences? Um, since I'm sitting here talking, this is Leon again, I'll go first. I mean, early early on, musically, what influenced me to play to play guitar uh, was uh, I spent a lot of time listening to uh, Led Zeppelin and watching uh, um, Song Remains the Same, the live performance aspect of it. Um, but my, my musical influences, I think... Uh, these days um kind of are different than what we play um i'm much more into you know i'm not a big fan of genres or whatever but i like the really hard and heavy stuff um sometimes unintelligible lyrics um as long as i know what's there uh, i don't necessarily care if i understand it uh, i like you know the aggressive music hardcore stuff thrash metal death metal grindcore whatever you want to call it uh slam uh, that kind of stuff. So I, I draw on a lot of stuff because I listen to all kinds of music, um, but I try to really only surround myself with music that has um, some kind of a positive, uplifting message behind it. I think um, I don't have much tolerance for, for negativity. Uh, so, you know, I, I think I, I, I bring kind of a, a, a harder edge to the band a little bit from that regards um anybody else um this is greg the drummer um my influences i grew up in church <clears throat> and um i was influenced early on um by family members that uh, played church my grandmother um uh, her whole life played in the church i was raised in um and uh, i grew up um starting to play drums in church um and then i started getting more into uh um the rock and roll myself and heavy music um what inspired me to play drums was the first time i ever heard rush um so neil uh, pert is uh definitely one of my influences um he's the reason why i started playing and this any um i'm like leon i don't you know really care about the genre of music i was taught um by my very first drum instructor to uh be versatile and i listen to everything be able to play everything um and there's a lot of uh, techniques drumming wise that you know you can cross over into uh different genres of music um take some jazz licks and and use it in uh what i play um here with, with weapons of god um, but band wise, I mean, I don't, I've never really had a favorite, uh, band. Um, I listen to everything. I appreciate, um, the talent behind the music and, uh, some of the music itself, but, um, you know, every band is good for one song at least. That's why, uh, I guess they have the, the phrase one man wonders. <laughs> um, but, uh, because of uh, Neil Pert and Rush, um, that's what inspired me to even play the drums. It's awesome. Hello, sir. This is Ed, the bass player. Um, as far as influences, I'm a metalhead at heart, but I've got a strong love for classical, especially Mozart and Bach. Um, influences range from Steve Harris, Geezer Butler, John Entwistle, Getty Lee, all those guys. And of course, there's uh, I'm not really into the funk technique but there's a guy named marcus miller who's like a funk jazz player mm -hmm. who is a really awesome bass player 
um, Nathan East. I mean, Billy Sheehan, he's like an Eddie Van Halen on bass. So there, there's so many, so many styles out there that you can learn from and, and just kind of mix them together like a big soup and kinda make it your own. It's kind of cool. But I especially like to, and Greg, our drummer, he can tell you this, I like to integrate like different cuts of classical music and make it into like a, install it in one of our songs or into like a rhythm jam and show some innovation and improvisation there. Nice. Pretty cool cool stuff. So, okay. Awesome. Well, I appreciate y'all sharing this with us. Steve? Steve! It's Steve's turn. Here he is. (laughs) Um, Sorry if you can hear the music in the background. We we play in a place where there's a lot of bands that practice, so if you're that's another band in a room playing, so sorry for the distraction. Oh, I didn't even notice it, honestly. Okay. In fact, awesome. now that you said it, I'm like, I'm trying to listen through my headphones that I'm using. Like, wait, is there music back there? Um, my influence is started with Kiss. I'm a huge Kiss fan. Um, they're what made me pick up the guitar started playing. Um, then, high school era... Uh, a friend of mine introduced me to a uh, striper for the first time mm-hmm. and i was really blown away to think that uh wow here's a band that's playing christian rock that i didn't even know existed because you know at the time mtv the headbangers ball yep yeah you knew all i knew was secular bands mm-hmm. i didn't know this existed and instantly i was turned on by striper and like i said brought up in church and everything else um i was you know, I always said to myself, one day I, w- I would like to put together a Christian rock band one day. It took a long time, but I finally got there, I think. But along the way, you know, I picked up Iron Maiden. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I have such a diver- diverse in music. And the best way I could describe this album, I'll, I always said it's like Striper meets Iron Maiden. That's the best way I get to put it. <laughs> <laughs> so... You know, we feature Striper um, quite a lot on the Rock and Pray Show, and they're one of my favorite Christian uh, metal bands as well. And it's nice to think that, you know, they're still making music. They're still out there playing for people, too, which is really cool. And I feel like I y'all are kindred spirits to me because I, I love rock music. I love metal. Um, like, uh, Leon, I like the heavy stuff. In fact, I was quite sad when I found out that... Uh, for today was disbanding uh, when they disbanded a couple years ago. Yeah. And yeah, uh, that was, I found that out because I just discovered them and I was like, Oh, I love these guys. And they had, uh, they'd released, um, I think the last album was immortal. And then it's like, okay, we're done. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> but also I find, I, I feel like, you know, uh, I relate really well with, with everyone that I've, had the pleasure of talking to you tonight because the rock and pray show we play diversity of music we're not just one genre um and in fact when i started um up until this year the rock and pray show was a three-hour live broadcast um but through events that had happened over the last year we've switched it to a 90-minute podcast but i started back in 2011 uh, playing secular rock music and then uh, there were some things that happened where um, God had got a hold of my life, and he's he said, "Okay, you've turned away from me for long enough. 
I've let you have your spiritual temper tantrum. I have purpose for you. Let's go. And he started changing things in my life. And one of the last things he changed was the music I was playing. And he switched me over to playing all positive message music or Christian music. Um, and he really laid out my heart that, you know, there's so much negativity in the world, especially in the music that, that people of all ages are ingesting into their spirits when they listen to it that there needs to be more positivity out there and yeah, so absolutely you can't I, see it josh but we're nodding along with you <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, i was i was doing that while y'all were talking about your musical influences because you know i grew up listening to van halen and led zeppelin and metallica and you know so i have that that secular uh influences which what got me into rock music and metal and everything and gave me an appreciation for it but what i've learned with with transitioning over from uh, the secular uh, live broadcasts I used to do into the Rock and Praise show is that different music reaches people on their level. And some people, you know, they're the classics, they're the oldies, they like the contemporary or the worship stuff. And you got other metalheads like us who are like, you know, we derive a lot from rock music and from just getting that energy that it produces plus the positive message. Right. And so, kind of the mission statement of the Rock and Praise Show, and, and this is why I love reaching out to other bands and getting to know their stories and ha asking them to share their music with us. And so, you know, is that if if we can reach someone on their music level to let them know that hey, the world's not all bad, and there is a God that loves you, you know, despite what you've done, despite where you come from, and get them through music to understand what the gospel is, then that's a win for the kingdom. Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree with you. So, you know, I, I get excited during interviews, and, and I have had the privilege of interviewing um, a lot of different people over the years. Um, you know, some big-name people, some, some people who are still up and coming, some people who are just local. And to me... I get excited every time, depending on, you know, regardless of who they are, because it's like, this is someone, or this is a group of people who understands the power and the gift that music is that God gave us. And they're using it for God's purpose. Well, anyway, I'm rambling at this point. <laughs> so what was, what was the last band that you listened to? The last band that I listened to. Oh, who was it? Um, Collision of Innocence. Collision okay. of Innocence was the last group I listened to. Not familiar with them, but that's good. I like to look up new music, so I have to check them out. Yeah, Collision of Innocence is good. So is Remnants Alter. Um, they're another good group. They're out of Florida. Uh, had the privilege of having... Um, I know the... Uh, I think he plays bass. His name is Alex Davis awesome guy um if you listen to the rock and pray show podcast you'll hear him um especially on the uh, podcast that this interview is going to be on um but yeah you know i like to I, I normally stick to to rock music um but i i have to remind myself uh that other people that are tuning in are listening for other things so and i play a wide variety of things i've got at last count i had over ten thousand tracks of music and it spans decades and genres 
So, I mean, I've got I've got things as far back as Tennessee Ernie Ford and the Hee Haw Gospel Quartet. <laughs> I don't, I've never counted my music collection. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty immense. <laughs> I, I know uh, last time I looked at it, um, I was up, I think, to 64 gigs of music. Um, it's about 3,000 CDs and about 800 cassettes that I still listen to. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I haven't counted my CDs, and I still buy CDs. And in fact, I'll tell you, one of my favorite places to look for new music is uh, Goodwill. You find some treasures there. (laughs) I must correct myself. I'm at 60.8 gigs of music. Wow. A lot of music. Not enough. I I need more. I have to to admit that the the first time I listened to your podcast, when you... uh, put us on your i think it was uh, your couple, i think it was your show a couple weeks ago the first time i listened to it and the first song that you played was turn your radio on yep and, I, and it and it took me back to my childhood because my mom used to listen to that song all the time i was like oh my gosh i haven't heard this song forever you know and, and i thought is this a joke are you serious well, how's this gonna fit in and yeah, it really took me back to my childhood so that's actually interesting that you bring that up um I always open my shows with that song and that cover or that rendition of the song is done by a group that was called one voice. And they were a gospel quartet out of Bakersfield, California that my dad sang. they were an acapella group. My dad, um, sang some of the bass, but he did all the background ambient percussion noises. Um, and so because my dad has always been a, a, big influence in my life and especially in the kind of music that I like. And he really influenced, um, the musical part of me. Um, so as a, as a tribute to my dad and, uh, you'll, you'll normally hear, he, he recorded a, um, a radio spot for me. Um, so he'll always introduce, um, the show, you know, he'll, he'll say, uh, I think it's, Hi, I'm David, formerly of One Voice, and you're listening to the Rock and Bray Show. That's my dad. Okay, and that's cool. so I play that uh, to start it off, and also because I f- I figured that was the perfect song because, granted, it's not traditional radio, but it is still radio in a sense. Um, so yeah, that's cool that you brought that up, though. Um, I do have a copy of that song, also done by the Hee Haw Gospel Quartet, but I like One Voice's. Uh, rendition of it better <laughs> wow so yeah well hey guys I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me this evening um, I generally try and limit myself um, for um, the time that we do with interviews because I, I can talk and talk and talk and uh, I think the longest interview I ever had was 45 minutes and that's kind of what really made me realize hey you should really be mindful of other people's times <laughs> And it just kind of goes back to what I said before. I get really excited when I start talking to groups and bands. So, but um, before I go, uh, before I let y'all go, do you guys have anything upcoming that you would like to let our listeners know about? Any upcoming shows, future CD um, plans? We're working on writing new material now. Um, So we have been for a little bit putting some things together. Um, we would hope to be recording something new and releasing something, I would say, within the next year. Um, 
to come out with another another album. So uh, we've got some pretty good material. The music has taken um, an interesting turn. Uh, I think that the you know people will dig it. Um, it's it's not really traditional, and we I think we kind of have sort of an approach that we're not trying to tie ourselves down to a particular style. Uh, of music, so uh, that kind of freedom of expression, I think, sometimes can be very uh, inspiring, you know, just in and of itself. So um, that's that's what I've got to say. As far as shows, uh, playing Chains on Chain Fest in Missouri uh, the weekend of July 24th, I think 25th. I don't have it in front of me, but I think that's what it is. Um, we've got some local stuff we're doing. Uh, as well, shows-wise, it's um, I've played music in, in pretty much original bands for many, many years in this area of the country in the tri-state here uh, between uh, Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky is uh, is very, very difficult to get original music out live. Um, there's not a lot of places that are willing to take a chance on a band that doesn't play covers. Um, it happens from time to time, and uh, sometimes you just you, sometimes you put on your own shows, which we've done before as well. Awesome. Well, what I tell all of our uh, new friends to the Rock and Pray show that we interview is that if you ever have anything that you want promoted, that you want uh, people to know about, feel free to send it to me, and we'll throw it on the Facebook page. We'll talk about it during the podcast, and we'll help promote it for y'all. Uh, it's interesting, too, that you mentioned you're in the tri-state area. I didn't realize that. There is another group called Crossover um, that plays in the tri-state area. And we've featured them on the Rock and Pray Show, and we've had them on the show for an interview as well. So, well, hey, there's one last thing I always ask of everyone that I interview. And I always ask that for all of our new friends of the Rock and Pray Show that we get to have come on the uh, podcast... If you guys are willing, would you be willing to do a spot? Just say who you are, and thanks for listening to the Rock and Praise Show, and we'll play this uh, before every track that we play on the podcast. Yes, sir. Awesome. We are our weapons of God, and you're listening to the Rock and Praise Show. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, that's that's awesome. Love it, guys. Hey, thank you, thank you guys very much for taking time out of your evening to talk with me. I know you guys are on East Coast time. Always a pleasure. And like I said, uh, whenever you guys have anything to promote, uh, would be happy to throw it out on the Facebook page, to throw it out on uh, the podcast. And for those who are listening to this, go check out Weapons of God at weaponsofgodmusic.com. There you can find bio, news, uh, you can get the actual hard CD, or you can download it digitally uh, on iTunes. All right, well, gentlemen, have a wonderful evening. God bless. A very big thank you to our friends, Weapons of God, for an awesome and fun interview. And now let's get into the music. This is their song, Ghost, right here on The Rock and Praise Show. Thank you. 
new friend of the rock and praise show weapons of god with heaven can't wait and before that their song ghost now let's get right back into the music this is some classic striper for you marching into battle right here on the rock and praise show
The greatest need of the hour is for our eyes to be opened. That one man could suffer a few short hours on that cross and save a multitude of from an eternity in hell. He's the creator of the heavens and the earth. He's the Holy One of Israel, the living God. Living God. Living God. Christ. He remains the best. He remains the standard. There is no other person to live my life. Because that one man was worth more than all of them.
I'm Ron. Dave. Keith. And I'm Kathy. And we are the Raven Faith Recording Artists. Crossover. And you are listening to The The Rock and Pray Show. That was for today with The King and Fearless right here on The Rock and Pray Show. Last week, we brought you part one of a series of a sermon called Pack Your Bags by our friend Matt Burleson of the Great Falls, Montana Church of Christ. And right now, we're going to bring you part two of that um, sermon based out of 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. In the first century, the call to do good works is closely tied with civic benefaction in the ancient world. What does that mean? Well, that's people building streets and people building uh, public baths and people building libraries and people giving generously to good causes. Civic benefaction. The call to do good works is closely tied with civic benefaction in the ancient world. Peter reminds his readers that the governor will commend those who do right or do should be do good. Do well. Uh, benefactors in the ancient world were honored by public inscriptions that praised their good deeds for the community. Peter therefore calls the believers to participate in the life of their communities, seeking to do good for all, not just to those of the household of faith. Such social engagement might oblige the persecutors to change their opinion of Christians. In other words, when Peter says good works, This is the image that's going to come to mind. And the reason he brings this up is because whether you're a Christian who is in a foreign land or you're a non-Christian who's in your homeland, everybody can recognize this kind of thing as good when they see it. You build a hospital and everybody's going to sing your praise. You build a road, everybody's going to sing your praise. You give generously to cancer research, everybody's going to sing your praise. Because everybody recognizes those things as good. And what Peter is saying here is when you're packing, preparing to go into this foreign land, when you're living your life as a Christian, make sure to bring along some things from your old country that will help you build bridges of trust and goodwill with the people in the new country as well. What does that look like for us? I know when we went to Canada... When we went to Canada, I found a way to connect that I wasn't expecting. If you remember last June, the beginning of last June, uh, it was an interesting time in NBA history. The Toronto Raptors were playing the Golden State Warriors, who had won several championships consecutively, I believe. But anyway, really, really good team, and the Raptors were there for the first time ever. And so I went to Canada, and... I'm a sports fan, but I'm not a big NBA fan. But in one of the meet and greets we had with the, with the congregation there, with some of the leaders there, one of the wives of, the wife of one of our leaders, he had only one wife, but the wife of one of our leaders there, the wife of one of our leaders there threw it out. She said, hey, who's going to win the NBA finals? And I was just kind of, being cheeky with her, I guess. Good Canadian expression. I, I was being cheeky with her. I said, oh, the Raptors, of course. And I didn't think the Raptors were going to win. It's Golden State, for crying out loud. <laughs> but I said, oh, the, oh, the, the Golden State, uh, the Toronto Raptors are going to win, of course. 
And so when we came back to the United States for the next two weeks, I was listening very closely to those games. I wouldn't have listened before, but I was because I knew she cared about, okay, did the Raptors win or does Golden State and the Warriors win? And so I listened to it. I remembered what the Bible said to do with false prophets, after all. And so I was listening to this game, and in game six, finally Toronto takes down Golden State, and they win it four games to two, winning the first NBA title ever. And so we go back to, to Canada in, in August, mid-August, and I pulled this sister aside, and I said, I told you they were going to win. <laughs> That's a way we can connect. I don't care, I really don't care about Raptors basketball or Golden State basketball. I just really don't. I like sports, but don't care about either of those. But when I packed to go to Canada, that's something that I took along because I knew that that would help me build trust and goodwill with the people that were there. And Peter is saying there are things like that in our own lives that we can bring along on our Christian journey as well. Things that will help us build bridges and connect with the people around us. Peter says, be sure when you're making this journey, you pack those things. And I think the third bit of advice that Peter gives us is maybe a little bit more subtle than either of the first two. He doesn't just come out and say it, but if I can paraphrase what Peter is saying, what his point is, I think the real point of what he's saying is, he's saying in that when you pack... And not only when you pass, but when you get there. And the whole time that you're there, don't forget the real reason that you're there. 1 Peter 2 verse 12, he says, Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable. And here's the so that. Here's the why. So that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. You know, when we went to Winnipeg, reflecting, I think we had a, a couple of purposes, um, especially purposes that shaped what I packed and what I didn't pack. One purpose for, that determined what I packed and didn't pack is I wanted to make a good impression. And so although I absolutely despise wearing a tie and seldom wear a coat, I packed both and took them with me just because that might help make a good impression on the people that were there. And when I wasn't trying to make a good impression, I thought, well, I just really want to be comfortable. So I took some things that would make me comfortable. And it occurs to me that we probably live our Christian lives with similar goals in mind sometimes. Making good impressions that reflect well on ourselves and being comfortable, do we not? But Peter says in no uncertain terms several things that the Christian life is not about. Notice some of these. He says, first of all, you know, when you go there, don't go thinking that it's about you. Don't go thinking it's about making a good impression for you, making a name for yourself. Don't live the Christian life. Don't enter it thinking that it's about your comfort and what's going to make you feel good and make you happy. If that's what you think you're leaving your old country for, going to this new country for, Peter is, in a sense, saying, you're going to be sorely disappointed. That's not what it means to be a Christian. He also says that being a Christian is really not about what you hope to get out of it. 
It's not about what you hope to get out of it. You see, if the Christians that Peter is writing to do what he is saying, if they pack the things he says to pack, if they leave at home the things he says leave at home, if they follow his instructions in this section, then very likely some of the persecution that they're facing will die down because they won't create suspicion and they won't alienate themselves from the culture around them. It'd be great. I think Peter would say it would be great if living the Christian life meant that we're never interfered with by outside forces. But worshiping without interference from outside forces is absolutely not the purpose of the Christian faith. It's not about what I hope to gain from it. It's really not even about dying and going to heaven. That's not even the ultimate purpose of being a Christian. And what's more, this is interesting... I had to rethink this when I first started studying this text, but being a Christian really isn't even about converting the world. That's not what Peter says it's about. Peter is talking about the day of visitation, and that's an Old Testament expression. Every time visitation is spoken of with the timeline in the Old Testament, it's a reference, it's a referral to what we would call judgment day. So if Peter's talking about Judgment Day, then it's too late for the people that he's already talking, that he's talking about. So he's not hoping that by living this way, our ultimate end will be to convert these people. Living the Christian life is not ultimately about converting the world around us. What then is living as a Christian really about? Why am I really in this foreign land to begin with? And Peter puts it like this. He says, Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good works and glorify God on the day of visitation. Our ultimate reason for living as a Christian, for going to the foreign land to begin with, is so that on judgment day there are people there that will say, Praise God. That is why we live as a Christian. The glory of God is why we pack some things and it's why we unpack others when we go on the journey. The glory of God. So that people will glorify God on the day of judgment. Sure, if we pack the right things, if we pack as Peter says, some people will see our good works, they'll glorify our Father in heaven and they'll become Christians at a time when God can be found. That's true. But you know what? Even if we pack all the right things and leave all the wrong things behind, still, not even then, will everyone become a Christian. Peter still looks beyond that to a day when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And he says, on that day, whether people are saved or whether people are lost, it is possible for people to go to eternity praising God because of the good we did on His behalf when we were among them. That is a pretty powerful thought. That whether people are lost or saved, on Judgment Day, they could thank God before going into eternity because God sent us among them. Taking it a step farther, it's possible to imagine in hell. You know, in hell... Luke describes a man who was there and he had a lot of regret. He was sorry that he was there. 
He wanted to change. He wanted to make things right. But in hell, it was already too late for him. Didn't stop him from appealing to Father Abraham. (laughs) Didn't stop him at all. It's possible if you take this train of thought even further to imagine people in hell who are not saved, who nonetheless offer up thanks to God that while they were alive, God did good through us to them. The glory of God, that is the ultimate end of our Christian life. That's why we pack some things. That's why we unpack some things. The glory of God. And brothers and sisters, if that is your aim, if that is your aim, then as we stand and as we sing in just a moment, I want to encourage you to look through your luggage. Metaphorically speaking, look through your luggage. Look through your luggage and if you, if there's anything that can help you build bridges with people around you, so that you can do something good for which they'll praise God on judgment day. Make sure you pack that. If it's not packed, go ahead and pull it out and pack it. And if there's anything in your bag that's going to cause you to get tangled, that's going to cause you to focus more on what you left behind than what you're being called toward, where you were than where you're going, then go ahead and pull that out and unpack it. Don't waste any time. Because being a Christian is like living in a foreign country. And if we do it the right way, people will praise God on Judgment Day because we were foreigners and we were exiles. So we conclude this morning, we want to offer the invitation to you. And that is my invitation, that you would check your luggage. But if there's someone here who also needs to become a Christian this morning, just as Laurel did yesterday. I want to appeal to you to make the decision to leave the old country today, to get packed and to follow Jesus as a foreigner, as a sojourner in a foreign land. If you're willing to accept that invitation, why don't you come forward as we stand, as we sing. A very big thank you to Matt Burleson of the Great Falls, Montana Church of Christ for bringing us part two of Pack Your Bags, taken from 1 Peter. Hey, let's get right back to the music. This is our friends crossover with their new song, Rain, right here on the Rock and Praise Show. I'm Ron. Dave. Keith. And I'm Kathy. And we are the Raven Faith recording artist, Crossover. And you are listening to The Rock and Praise Show. Has no 
friend of the Rock and Praise show, Remnants Altar with Fade Away. Before that, we had Collision of Innocence with Eyes Like Fire and our friends Crossover with their new song, Rain. We are just about the end of the Rock and Praise show for this episode. What we've got to round us out is our friends In His Defense, formerly known as Untapped, and our friend Big Daddy Weave with his song Redeemed, right here on the Rock and Praise Show. Hey, it's Mike Weaver from Big Daddy Weave. Thanks for turning into the Rock and Praise Show right here with DJ Oldrick. struggle 
I'm Rosalind. I'm Quinta. And we are Untapped. Untapped. And you're listening to The Rockin' Praise Show. Again. Old friend, we 
can't get back together again Old friend We can't get back together again Old friend I've got a new best friend I'd like to say a very big thank you to our new friends, Weapons of God, for an awesome interview and for sending us music that we can share with you all. If you haven't done so, go check out weaponsofgodmusic.com and check out all the cool information that's there on their bios. Um, also, you can buy their music there, some merchandise. Go support these guys. They're really awesome, and we're looking forward to featuring more of their music in the very near future. I'd also like to say thank you to our listeners. Those of you who play this podcast and eagerly await it whenever we upload it. It's my hope and my prayer that this ministry blesses you in a way. That it uplifts your spirit, that it encourages your mind with the devotion corner or just simply by the music that we play. Well, that does it for me. This is your friend Josh. I am signing off for this week. Have a happy and blessed week. And Lord willing, we'll be back again next week for another episode of The Rock and Pray Show. We mentioned them during the interview, and I'm going to leave you tonight with the Hee Haw Gospel Quartet. This is a beautiful life. Have a blessed week, everyone.
Life's evening song. Life's evening song is singing low. Is singing low. A few more days. A few more days. And I must go. And I must go to meet the dear. That I have done. Where there will be. Life's evening sun is sinking.